welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 220. My name is Colin Mahern, and with me this week, again, I will repeat myself from last week and the previous <laughs> week and the week before, as always, Xbox achievements and PlayStation trophies, Rich Walker. Hello again. Rich you're the most beautiful <laughs> man I've ever seen. Oh, thanks, man. I hear that a lot. You just yeah. brighten up my day. That's why, to be honest with you, the yeah. brass, the, the, the fat cats upstairs, they yeah. say, don't get rich on. We, really? we, we, yeah. yeah we, we, fight, we fight that, right? Every, every week, yeah. they're, they're like, no, no, no. We need rich. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's what the people want. Exactly. Yeah. The people yeah. need rich. That's yeah. why we have them here this week as well. And joining us back from her... Expedition <laughs> Sojourn yeah, Hiatus exactly. Expedition uh, Over to Barcelona In Spain Which may Maybe me doing the voice Was a I don't know Is that I like it Is that bad No no no, no, no. Maybe Definitely I don't, not I don't know uh, It's Alice Bell Hello Alice it's a delight To have you back Thank you uh, After Because yeah You were back after E3 Yeah then I went on holiday And then you were gone again It's a very poor time To have a holiday But I have to work around when my husband can get holiday as well. So that's real life, you, you go. know. Gotta, yeah. gotta Stay behind the curtain there. Exactly. Yeah, we do <laughs> actually have we actually have things like annual leave. Mm, do you know, which yeah, that. yeah, know, exactly. Right? It's crazy. We need breaks. Uh, how was Barcelona? It was very nice. Thank you. Very hot. There are a lot of angry, like I guess parakeets everywhere. Angry like parakeets. Wild. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> flying around in all the trees and stuff. They're, and they're not really, in the brochure. They're really angry at each other all the time. <laughs> I, d- I wasn't expecting, but parakeets are the big white ones, aren't they? The big massive no, it's green, green? Parakeets, okay, maybe uh, parakeets are little, little green ones. Yeah. Okay. I've seen them in Ealing Park, I think. Yeah, there are, there are yeah. a bunch. In, yeah. It's really weird. It is weird. I think they yeah. escaped from like a Victorian like zoo or something, uh, and, someone, and now there's just a native population. Someone told me that they were on the set of an Ealing film, you know, yeah, Ealing maybe. Studios, and they, they got free. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to but believe. A lot of them the birds go free. Yeah, yeah, apparently. Yeah. And, now and, they've just and there is now just there are, a flock of them. There are green parakeets It's true, I've seen Park. them, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Do, do we know what the film was? No. What film so, is so the, the Attack of the Parakeets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. The healing comedies, right? Yeah. On to the news this week. And... I suppose we were discussing beforehand that after E3, there is a bit of a lull. It's yeah. a bit quiet, yeah. It, it is a bit quiet. No, thankfully, mm. it's a, a nice a nice little break from things, I a suppose. A breather. Yeah. Uh, but did you know Alice Bell? And I, I look, I, I, I know you didn't know, did you? You didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you, di- you didn't know, which is why it's with a heavy heart that I must break this news to you that Freddy, what the fuck is it called? Five, <laughs> five Nights at Freddy Six has been cancelled. No, I know. Yeah. Well, is it? I mean, is it cancelled or on ice or on? Well, well, basically, Scott Cawthon, who is the Five Nights at Freddy's creator. He uh, he wrote on the Steam page for the Steam community page for Fre- for Five Nights at Freddy's. Throw away, try and keep calling it Freddy Nights at Five. <laughs> uh, Five he, Nights at Freddy got fingered. Uh, he basically <laughs> said, "Quote for the last month or so, I've been dropping hints about a new game, and it's true that I that I've been working on one. Call it fr- uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Six if you like. <laughs> but after forcing myself to keep working on it day after day, I realized something. I just don't want to work on this, so it's no more. <laughs> if I'd made Fair six. Enough of anything I'd be sick of working on it I think right probably yeah unless it's Fast and the Furious 
that, that, that can run and run. But the thing is, right, because I, I, was, I was looking at it, in the space of two years, from August 2014 to October 2016, mm-hmm. he released six games, including the, uh, the kind of the RPG, the FNAF world, right. which was originally released, and he was looking for, like, I don't know, 20, 15, 20 for it, and everyone was like, yeah, this is a broken piece of shit. Is so it? They, yeah, so then it's kind of it is old. It's like a, right, a free to play okay. game now. Is this a big franchise then? Because I, I'm. I mean, it would be quite big. Completely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. It would be quite yeah, well known. it's quite, it's quite it's well known. It's a PC it, yeah. thing, isn't it? So it's over my head. It yeah. is. It is a PC yeah. thing. Well, okay. like they made. Did they make a TV show? Were they going to? Or there was like. I can't remember. But there was there was going to be some no kind of idea. like tie-in to it. Okay. Have you ever? You never played one, no, nope. Rich? Never. Like, nope. is. I don't know how would you describe it, Alice. Like it, it's it's a kind of jump scare uh, horror game, I guess, with animatronic robots okay. that come alive at night. Yeah. Okay. So you're the night security guard, and you have to survive, right. basically. And the, the place is called Freddy's. Yes. Yeah. So it's like yeah, and you have like, five nights there. Yeah. <laughs> like there you go. You got of, it. I've got it. I understand now. So you <laughs> must survive the f- the five nights. Okay. And make sure that the animals don't rip yeah. the shit out of you, basically. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's very cheap jump scares, yeah. but I mean, it does work. People must like, like him. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember we played the Sister Location, Alice, which was the last one yeah. that was released. and That was fucking horrible. Which was kind yeah. of, because generally speaking, the games take place, you're stationary, mm. and you must kind of like look to your right, your left, kind of right. up and down. But they, that one kind of actually... You went through like Tunnels little vents and, and stuff, shit yeah. and I don't know, kind of vary the format somewhat. But yeah, so unlucky if yeah. uh, <laughs> if you like Five Nights at Freddy's. Ah. But there is a bit of hope, okay, for Splinter Cell fans <gasps> because a Splinter Cell sequel is kind of in the works. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah, ish, sort of. So basically, after E3, yeah, one of the glaring omissions, I suppose, from Ubisoft's conference was Splinter Cell, mm-hmm. uh, which I remember, Rich, at the time you pointed out that the studio who did Blacklist are now working on the Toys to Life game. Yeah, what's it called again? Oh, Jesus, Starlight, uh, uh, or that was a Muse song. I don't know, but it's something Star. Whatever it is, anyway. Oh, but yeah, they're God. they're working on that. <laughs> Completely forgotten. So basically, uh, the Ubi blog, which is mm-hmm. Ubi's own fucking kind yeah. of Nintendo Direct or whatever you want to call it, their own kind of like YouTube channel, uh, they spoke to Eve Gimmo, the CEO, and asked him about Splinter mm. Cell. Uh, he said, quote, we're receiving lots of sketches and proposals around the brand and we're going to pick one up. Uh, I think you will be able to see something, but you will have to wait for that. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like that bit. I don't want to wait. <laughs> don't any like longer. the waiting part. No, I don't. It's the hardest part. Four years now. It's been, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Black Four years. Twenty thirteen. That's too long. But uh, there, there wasn't there some rumors about this. Well, I, I, well, I'm guessing it wasn't around this particular Splinter Cell because if they're only like looking at sketches and shit, mm. that. Uh, but weren't they, there's talk at one point about them bringing back Ironside? And yeah, kind of making that. Sam Fisher more, I don't know, what was the con- um, double agent, was it? Yeah. Where he was kind of getting older, a bit more grizzled. Right. Uh, uh, conviction as well, yeah. Conviction, conviction as well, yeah. Yeah, he was more grey, I seem to remember, in sort of concept art for that. And then they kind of youngified him a little bit in the mm. final well, game. Sexed him up a bit. They yeah, did sex him up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But um, I'd love to see a sort of really old grey Fisher with Ironside back in the role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he can't do the thing where he um, hangs from the ceiling with his 
legs akimbo yep. in the corridor yeah. anymore. Or what? maybe he does and he goes, oh, my hips. <laughs> what, what, what do you want to see from a new Splinter Cell? Um, well, what I just mentioned, I want that. Right, um, okay. Maybe, oh, I don't know, man, new gadgets, good new story, build upon the kind of foundations of Blacklist. I kind of liked that you had your little base and you developed it. That was cool. Uh, keep the mark and execute stuff. I thought that was decent. Yeah. Maybe sort of hark back to the older games a little bit. I mean, yeah, those kind of chaos theory mechanics. That's kind of the pinnacle, wasn't it? Chaos theory. That was the, the best one. Have, so, you, have uh, you any history with Splinter Cell Alice? Not really. Uh, I remember playing that one where he's in prison. Double yeah. agent. Yeah, yeah, that one. I remember playing a bit of that, but I didn't really get into it. I understand why people like it, yeah. but it's never really been... My particular bag. Double Agent's probably one of the least good Yeah, I didn't think ones. it was that good. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that yeah. I'm not flying against no, exactly not. the convention there. No, no, no. Do you understand why people like Shenmue 3 or Shenmue as a series? I mean, no. Okay, well, <laughs> well next up. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, maybe maybe you won't get excited about this news, but Rich, uh, Shenmue I, I've never played Shenmue. Brilliant. I, only well, because I, I never owned a Dreamcast. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was, Otherwise, I probably would have. Again, it's, yeah. not, it's not one of the things I grew up with, so it mm. was never really massively on my radar. Pass, pass me by. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm the exact same, but... at the So same we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it anyway, because... Last month, they announced that it would be delayed uh, and that they would be skipping E3. Which mm-hmm. a lot of people, because, yeah, for whatever reason, people do like to drive around in forklifts. Yeah. Uh, and they do like that series. So uh, they uh, were and, a bit upset with that news. Isn't it like duck racing or something as well? Isn't that in there? I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going chickens. to say, yeah. Uh, but there was a, a, a news post on the official website saying, we will be attending Germany's mid-August gaming event, Gamescom Mm. 2017. While we are still working out the details with our partners, we plan to show our newest movie clips, share the latest updates, and even make some new announcements. Mm. Wow, and there's a new logo. There there is a new (laughs) logo, and there was like new character, kind of character models um, as well. But like, yeah, there wasn't an awful lot there. But the new new announcements, I was like... "Mm." Okay, well, is is it going to be... Because they've only announced PC and PS4 at the minute. Yeah. So I was like, is there going to be kind of maybe more... Is there going to be an Xbox announcement here or... I was just thinking that, but didn't Sony put some funding into it? Well, they they had him stand up on stage at E3 anyway. Yeah. So uh, that was my understanding that Sony had put some of their money into it. But um, I might be wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's a timed exclusive. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Xbox will will call it an yeah. Xbox post-launch, post-launch exclusive. exclusive. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's a great idea. Fucking is- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think like Crash Bandicoot's gonna end up being. There's loads of evidence pointing that Crash Bandicoot Insane is gonna come to Xbox One. So mm-hmm. could happen for Shenmue Three as well. Uh, it could. It could. Uh, but on the topic of Xboxness, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I, I, I mean, I can't really. Talk to this. I don't know, Alice. Where are you? Were you ever an achievement whore? Were you ever into the gamer scores? Uh, I mean, a, a bit in the sense that I am embarrassed to compare mine to others. Oh but. right, okay. Uh, well, have you ever heard of an, a guy called Stallion Eighty uh, Three? Ray Cox to his friends. Yeah, I think so. He's the he. Well, he was the number one uh, Xbox gamer score. 
man. Yeah. Mm. And, he was. Uh, uh, but not anymore because uh, Stallion83 has lost his crown to SMRNOV, which I would imagine is Smirnoff. Smirnoff, Which yeah. fucking is brilliant. <laughs> uh, Stephen Rowe. Uh, Stallion83 was the first guy to get... Yeah, to get a million gamer score and had one million one mm-hmm. But this Smirnoff guy has surpassed him only by like, what is it, 7,000? Yeah, thereabouts. 7,000 score. Uh, now, Rich, I did actually, I got this story from XboxAchievements.com. Of course. Uh, <laughs> so would you be able to tell the group why uh, Stallion83, real name Ray Cox, why... He has lost his, his crown, I suppose. Life. Mm. He went off and he got married and he went away and had a honeymoon. And that that's all he needed to do. And someone else the nerve. got like, in and it, took it took over. It does make me wonder how much how much time was he spending then? I like, read somewhere this sounds dubious, that he was basically just his full time job was playing games. So I don't know, 10 to 16 hours a day just playing games, I suppose. I mean, that would make more sense than if he had a job and was doing it as well. Because if he had a job and was then spending hours a day playing games, I would question whether he was able to cultivate a relationship enough to even (laughs) get married in the first place. Or able to sleep or (laughs) operate as a human But is he, he like, a a Twitch person, a YouTube? Does he... Not to my knowledge, no. So how, how the fuck... I don't know. How is he doing this to pay the bills? I'm not sure. There, there must be some money in it somewhere. I, I don't know. Maybe Xbox <laughs> takes care of him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. maybe yeah. Sort yeah. Out, yeah. Some sort With of like brand or ambassador or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Probably. Like how I, I genuinely... I prob- what do I have? I, mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you what my score is really? because... Well, I got a 360 later on in life. Yeah, I so did So I, I was kind of... I had a PlayStation... Yeah. majority of the time I, I went nuts so when I got my Xbox I played like everything I'd missed basically I think I got my Xbox 360 in 2008 so that's like three years after it released mm-hmm. but I pretty much ended up playing everything that had come out for it I caught up pretty quick and got all the gamer score no <laughs> <laughs> I got most I think my gamer score is quite substantial just due to the sheer quantity of games I've played mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, not kind of committing and getting all the gamer score in all the games. I know people who do that, but I don't have time. Yeah. See, I haven't cultivated any like mm. score over the past like almost two years now because I don't play games on my own account anymore. Like all the yeah. games I play are for work. Yeah. Pretty much. I think my uh, score's around the two hundred ten thousand mark. I think. I mean that that sounds impressive to me. Uh, uh, it's yeah. not that. I mean it's all right. It's pretty good, I suppose. I know someone who always has to have the final number in his game score is either like a five or a zero or something. Yeah, so like, I don't really? care about that. He has to like he has. So if it goes right. out of his pattern, he he has. To, he's like, well, I have to do. <laughs> I have to get another achievement now. That's like, nah. Yeah, I, I can pinpoint the achievement that made my game score uneven. It's um in Half Life Two. Uh, do you know Dog? You have to score a basket yeah. with him or something, right? And it gives you two points. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, but there's other ones like in uh, DJ Hero that are like three or two mm. or yeah. one game of score. And I, I don't care about that. So he I'm hates it. He has to, he looks up achievements yeah. that he needs. That will even it all. Yeah, yeah. Fucking outstanding. <laughs>
on to what we've been playing this week. Uh, mm. Rich Walker. Yes. You have been revisiting a simpler time. I have, yeah. Childhood. Yeah. When Halcyon you d- days. When you didn't have to worry about bills and yeah. Yeah. other adult things, just exactly. interactions with other human beings or just general etiquette. I know. All you had to worry about was cutesy cartoon mascots like Crash Bandicoot. Indeed. And you've been playing Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. I have, which is brilliant, I have to say. It was uh, completely rebuilt from the ground up by Vicarious Visions, and they've done a really, really great job. Really, really good. Got to tip my hat to them if I was wearing a hat. Is the <laughs> so is it a very faithful uh, kind of reconstruction of what was? Yeah, and the amazing thing is that they didn't use the source code, the original code mm. for the game, so they literally had to start again. But they've nailed it. They got it spot on. It's exactly how I remember it pretty, pretty much. Do you think that, so when Ukulele came out, it got wildly varying scores. Mm. And a lot of the high scores it got were from people who had, you know, loved those kinds of 3D platformers and like Banjo-Kazooie and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think that this Crash, like, do you think people like me who didn't play Crash will still like it? Yeah, possibly. It's tough. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about how hard it is. People, people have been likening it to Dark Souls in terms of difficulty, which is ridiculous. Fuck's yeah, it's not that hard. Um, it is like to be fair. I played uh, played the preview builds a couple of months ago. No, yeah, it is hard though. Yeah. But I, I think it's hard because because of things that. Like in the late nineties, you yeah. kind of get over them. Yeah, but nowadays. Like there's kind of uh, there's perception issues mm-hmm. uh, with you kind of trying to judge how far away that crate is, yeah. and you miss it, you fall to your death. Yeah. There are those kind of like niggling issues that that have to be in this trilogy because it is a recreation. It's not yeah. it's not a new game, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, did did they bother you that much? Those types of quirks? no, no. I mean. <sighs> Most of it, you lose all your lives. I, I remember I built up about 20 lives at one point and I rinsed them all on one section. <laughs> and I did, I swore a lot. I was like, mm. fucking crash, you twat, fucking hell. But you continue and you carry on. You keep going, you build up your lives again and you, you know, just keep, keep plugging away until you do it. That's, oh. that's what it is, perseverance. <laughs> uh, like, because one, one of the new things is that you can play as Coco in all the games, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Do, does she vary in any way, or is it literally just a, a character skin? Mm, she's very similar. Um, she's got her own animations and stuff. Um, she feels maybe slightly different. She's got mm. like a leg drop thing, I think, instead of a belly flop. Right. Um, so there's that. Yeah, but it's a nice addition. You know, she was yeah. only playable in a few bits in Crash Three, I think. Mm-hmm. So she's in about seventy-five, eighty percent of the game now. So that's you know. Like nice little touch. Would this make you hopeful that there would be a Crash Bandicoot 4? Well, there was a bit of news today from uh, Activision. The CEO, Eric Hirschberg, mm-hmm. kind of dropped hints that there could be more Crash to come. And I think because the Insane Trilogy's been so like successful, I think I read somewhere that in the charts this week it was like the highest charting single platform release mm-hmm. uh, this year. It sold be- more out- uh, yeah, than Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn. Which is a pretty big deal, right? Mm. So, yeah, that's... um, They'd be sort of crazy not to uh, capitalise on that, right? Make some more Crash games. But 
make them in that old style. Don't try and go full 3D or whatever with them. What do you mean? Well... Do you mean like don't they? do a Sonic? Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Don't don't try and mess with the formula because people <laughs> like Crash because it is this certain thing. And, you know, if they want a fully 3D platform, and there's plenty of those like ukulele and, you know, Ratchet and Clank or whatever. So stick to stick to the formula would be my advice. Right. There you go. <laughs> okay. uh, and there's also the news that the Insane Trilogy in all likelihood will be coming to Xbox One later yeah. this year. Well, a lot of people pointed out that they did say... Uh, coming first to PlayStation 4. So right, yeah, yeah. that was sort of like, oh, okay, so it must be coming to the platforms. But there's been retail listings as well now, So uh, and they've tagged it with an 8th of December release, mm-hmm. which could be placeholder, but it's on two sites now that have that same date. Yeah. Uh, so it seems very likely, but I wouldn't want to say categorically that it's definitely happening until Activision come out and officially say yeah it's coming and that won't be for a while yet I shouldn't think uh, yeah I'd imagine not but it, yeah. it's good to hear that it's lived up to your expectations yeah, really, like, as really you say good. was as you mm. kind of remembered it how yeah. you kind of perceived it because perception is sometimes can kind of get away from us you know what yeah we, absolutely uh, like sometimes it can Alice, you've been playing Perception. Oh, no. I nearly had it. I nearly... That is great. I was was getting there. I was like, no, I I don't have that actual bridge to it. (laughs) No, I thought about, like... getting there. Well, I was on holiday and I laughed to myself when we did the post-E3 one and you were trying to find a link between, like, two games that were made by the same developer... Yeah, and and you went for something completely, went completely round the house. Oh yeah, I remember. But yeah, perception, <laughs> Alice, uh, made from some of the developers behind Bioshock. Yeah, a couple of uh, old irrational hands have um, formed uh, the Deep End uh, Studios, and this is their first game. Um, and I kind of wish it was better than it is okay if that makes sense so what what is perception so perception is kind of it's just it's a sort of scary creepy horror game but it aims to be different because there are so many horror games that are kind of mushrooming out now and they're all like they all say they're like psychological horror and they're all set in like an abandoned hospital all that kind of Mm. show um so this is slightly different uh the main character is uh she's blind she's called cassie and she has come to this house, which is a new house, uh, new house a real house uh, that she's been dreaming about. It turns out to be a real place. So she's arrived there. Her boyfriend's following after, but like his car broke down or something. Um, and as Cassie, you explore this house and some of the stories of people who died there, who lived there and died there and are sort of haunting it. Um, and because Cassie's blind, you can't see anything. Mm-hmm, yeah. So you... The way you, air quotes, see the house is uh, by Cassie using a kind of echolocation. So she taps her cane um, and then that the, the echoes of that um, reveal her surroundings to her. Okay. And there is a little uh, scene you get where you see her learning to do that as a child and that kind of makes sense. And it is it, people can do that in, I mean, not to the extremes of being able to tell that like, yeah. you know, this is a cotton bedspread kind of thing. I mean, but of course, yeah, it's, it's obviously the that idea with the volume kind of turned Yeah, up, yeah, yeah, for, for you know, gamified. And she has, she does have like, she uses apps and things like text-to-speech on her phone and an app that she takes a picture and then um, will be told what it's oh, a picture okay. of, which is a real thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's been some research done into that, which is quite good. Uh, it is a cruel kind of 
not an irony, I guess, but like they haven't actually found a way that the game is playable for people with okay. impaired sight yet, uh, which mm-hmm. is, but they are looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is like, to start with, you're like, it's kind of strangely beautiful and it's like this kind of, you're kind of making sort of almost a wireframe blueprint kind of thing that disappears and, you know, blooms up again and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it does, it starts off and it's, you know, very different to kind of what you're used to in that kind of genre but then it just kind of doesn't quite manage to live up to all that potential as it goes on and it's is is that is that down to a weak story or the mechanic not having legs to last an entire game so well i mean basically like you are the that the different stories you explore happen at different periods so the house changes it's layout a little bit and things like that, which is kind of cool. So it's a bit disorientating and stuff. Um, and you're chased around the house occasionally by this thing called the presence, which when it appears is very creepy because it just kind of parrots back things that other characters have already said at you in this kind of jumble of voices and stuff. Right. Um, so when it is looking for you, it is quite frightening, but it doesn't really turn up very much. So the idea is that it, if you make too much noise, if you're tapping too much to see what you're doing, then it will draw the presence to you. Okay. But in practice, it it didn't happen to me. Really? At all. So you could just be tapping away and... Well, no, I just didn't... I found I didn't need to tap that much. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, like, so the moments where the presence does turn up where it's scripted are very creepy, but it doesn't didn't happen to me very much at all mm-hmm. so it didn't end up having a kind of sense of overhanging dread or anything or tension that much yeah and so it then it did become walking around a slightly creepy house which is kind of mm. i mean albeit in a, a different you're seeing it in a different way but it's it it then lost that kind of uniqueness because yeah. you're back to walking around a slightly creepy house um and i think you kind of could feel that they weren't able to bring everything they wanted to into fruition exactly. In what? So yeah, well, what? In what way? So like the so the house will sometimes change, not only change its layout, but it'll kind of become a bit different. So depending on what the stories you're exploring are, so there's one where a woman her she's living in the house alone because her husband's gone to the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then parts of the house sort of become a bit like wartime, you know, the front, the European front mm-hmm. in the First World War. And so there are sandbags and stuff. And then maybe you're, you're in a graveyard and stuff when you open a door. So there's all weird little things like that, which is kind of cool. Um, but they all like a, it all sort of builds to kind of one crescendo, but then sort of ends on quite a short cut off note, which is just a little bit. Mm. not unfinished but a bit disappointing that they had to they had to kind of do it it not as kind of detailed or as kind of complex maybe and some of the stories were maybe cut off a bit so like you can also you also like stumble onto some of Cassie's like her life her past and stuff Mm -hmm. so she walks down some stairs and she's in um like somewhere she'd been with her boyfriend kind of thing but then it only happens the once and so so it sort of feels like there may have been they may have wanted to do more of that and kind of stuff does it feel like a collection of incomplete stories they're not incomplete because they do they are all given an ending but maybe just not 
Nisi. not as explored as they mm. wanted to. Like maybe they didn't have all the resources they wanted, so it's just a little bit. And there are some slightly weird things in it that aren't. They don't feel scary. Like um, in one of the stories, you you run into like these dolls, these little dolls that are on rails. Uh, with guns, <laughs> and it's not really scary. That sounds like they weird. Sh- they shoot at you, and it's just a bit weird and kind of slightly mm. annoying and weird and slightly annoying. Rather than, bit, rather than the, like, yeah. the desired effect is to kind of make your skin yeah, crawl. Like, like the, the the dolls are much creepier when you just walk around a corner mm. and there's one of them stood just yeah. standing, mm-hmm. looking, and and like that's much more scary than one of them just firing a gun at you. It's like, yeah, like, it's it sounds like slightly a absurd. Really cool kind of ambitious idea, but not kind of as well executed as it could have been then basically yeah yeah, yeah I, th- I think so sort I think like you can definitely see that they like I think the studio will continue to make really interesting games with interesting mm. ideas and I just hope that they're able to yeah to fulfil all that yeah. potential get holes get holes oh come on <laughs> Alice and Rich uh, you both <coughs> have played get out which is probably the worst name for a game ever, I think. Cause it's just I don't think I have. Have you not? Right? Get out. I've not heard of it. Have what, you not? What is it? I thought you played it. It's called Get Even. Oh, oh right, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, Get Out. <laughs> Isn't that that horror movie? <laughs> so you did a shit segue. <laughs> right. And I you was didn't even do it right. I was obviously thinking about the film. The film is very good, yeah, actually. I haven't you, seen it yet. You should, have you seen the film Get Out? No, I haven't yet, really, but I really want to. I'd highly recommend it. Get, get even though, yeah. But yeah. Uh, oh, Alice, I'll have to get even with you over that. Speaking no, of, no, come on, don't, don't. You've played get even, and Rich, you played it too. You I bollocks! Have, yeah. You know what I was yeah. fucking talking about. <laughs> I genuinely didn't. I didn't. You uh, lost me. Well, still, regardless, yeah. I still think it's a shit name. <laughs> well, it doesn't really make sense, right? Because what are you getting even in that game? Well, one of the characters is right. Uh, or trying to. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, for, for someone who doesn't sense. know an awful lot about Get Even, so much yeah. so they're not sure of the title <laughs> yeah. of it, uh, how how would you describe Get Even? Uh, Get Even, what would you say? It's a psychological thriller, thriller slash thing. murder mystery. Yeah, wrongly described as a shooter, I think, because that's the worst thing it does is the shooter. Yeah, bits. and I I I thought that as well, and mm. I disliked how much shooting I ended up doing it. Yeah, do you know what? It's towards the end there was more shooty bits, and they they just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. This um, is this is the the corner gun thing. Is yeah, it? yeah. Which right. is that the corner gun in itself is a cool idea because you can do some quite fun headshot stuff with it. Yeah. Like so this is basically the where you're where thing. you're yeah you're standing in cover. Mm. And your pistol can actually kind yeah. of turn around. Ninety degrees, yeah. And it sort of works in the corridor bits, but when there's more open areas, you never use it, right? I mean, how often did you use it? Maybe three, four times in the course of the game. Yeah, Maybe not loads. More? Yeah, sort of a gimmick that you think, oh, this is cool, and then you end up hardly ever using it. Mm. So it's just like the plot of the game is basically. It's difficult to describe the plot of the yeah. game without giving all of it That's, away. Yeah. But basically, you um, play as a guy called Cole, who's fucking, next. Fucking fucking Cole Black. Yeah. Who sounds a bit like Sean Bean. He does. <laughs> it, every time, every every time I was playing it in front of someone else, they'd go, "Oh, is that Sean Bean?" Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> um, and he, the first level, the first mission you play is him trying to save a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, who's been kidnapped and she had like a bomb strapped to her it doesn't matter if she save her and the next thing he knows is he's woken up in the grounds of hospital mm-hmm. and uh, he gets like this weird kind of 
It's called the Pandora yeah. machine. What's this fucking thing on my head? Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> Sounds like very little. Uh, <laughs> he likes the F word a lot. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, good. So he has a Pandora machine strapped to his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as he walks through the the abandoned asylum. Of course. Uh, yeah, of course. He sees other people sort of in cells with the, these machines on the head as well. And he's uh, guided by Red. Yeah. Who basically you can use the Pandora machine to go back into your memories. So Cole is trying to re- reconstruct what happened to the girl and what happened leading up to her being kidnapped and stuff yeah. right. through his own memories because he doesn't remember anything. Of course, yeah. <laughs> like it does, sounds like, it sounds very cliche. It's a bit Inception-y, a little bit. Yeah, in, it's a bit inception but I think it's mm. actually, I thought the writing was very clever. It does veer yeah. close to cliche, mm. especially yeah. by the end. Which, because uh, isn't it, was it Darren Brown's writing team or yeah. something? Yeah, so, so oh, it really? is. really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah they've, oh. they've worked with Darren Brown before. So they are, they are it's very smartly written like the intriguing kind of mystery yeah. side of it and it's it uses audio really well i mean it describes mm. itself as 3d audio but that basically just means play with headphones on <laughs> yeah um but in terms of like the way the audio is actually designed i think it was really clever because there's like memories will bleed into each other and cole also gets like other people's memories mixed in so there's one scene where you're you're basically sneaking through a graveyard but then like a a kind of funky pop song <laughs> starts playing because <laughs> okay. it's, really it's from another future memory yeah. that you haven't ah, seen yet okay. and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's got loads of little cool things like that in it. It does, it sounds like there are a lot of interesting ideas here. Mm. Mm. But yeah. it, is it, uh, like, where where does it fall? The, the sort of no problem with the kind of plot and the story that I was quite satisfied with, it was the kind of game mechanics that didn't quite gel. Mm-hmm. So I preferred the game when I was just kind of walking around and exploring and piecing together clues. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. And the shooting bits felt unnecessary. And Red kind of gives you the option of sneaking, doesn't he? Yeah. But the game doesn't really support that all that much. There seem to be very few options for effectively being stealthy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can do it, but it's hard work. Red red is... You're supposed to, like, not get... You're supposed to not engage in combat, basically, because it makes the memory unstable, but it's really hard to do that, because even if you sneak up behind someone and choke them out, it still counts as, like, engaging. Right. I just just killed everyone. Does that... (laughs) So, like, that doesn't... Coin an Assassin's Creed term like that doesn't desynchronize the, no. the memory. No, it no, doesn't no, no, no. in practice. It's a, right. Like it, it feels to me a little bit like someone in the process, like the development process, was like, "Well, we can't like nobody interested in this. We have shooting bits we, in it. Like, yeah, <laughs> we like, have to have violence in here." Yeah, it was exactly. like someone didn't believe that the strength of the story would be enough to keep people interested and yeah. I think it is <clears throat> yeah, and I, I think agree. adding the shooting bits mm-hmm. was to its detriment because I completely agree with Richard like, the more fun bits and creepy bits are like when Cole was around like yeah. moving around the asylum and stuff some, some of those bits get really creepy mm-hmm. um, so moving around the asylum or getting stuck in other people's memories and stuff yeah. those are the more interesting and more fun bits because it kind of plays with I mean going back to perception a bit perceptions because you can be walking down a corridor you might hear something turn around turn back and something's changed in front of you stuff like that in your kind of in the memories or well within the construct of the game i mean yeah i guess within the memories and stuff i I guess being in a memory you can do that you can kind of play with things and it it does that it kind of moves things and then it it gets the point that you're not sure what is real anymore and stuff it does that really well yeah yeah um 
But it, it like yeah, I think because because they put because it's not really a shooter, and so the shooting bits aren't as it's just not good shooting compared it's, it's to, other, to actual shooters. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I don't think it needs to be in there. And there's like there's some there's some kind of fun puzzly stuff in it as well, but also that's not used enough for that to yeah. really be a main thing. I'd mm. have I'd have happily stripped out all the shooting in favour of more puzzles. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And the uh, yeah, the strength of the game would still be there. Like, it, it, yeah, it would yeah. it, would it hold for the same amount of time, or would you like? Are you saying kind of cut the game in half? No, I think you could you could just put in more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like put in more puzzly stuff, more exploration stuff, because there was definitely stuff that I didn't quite finish mm. finding and things as well. Yeah, like you you have an evidence room that you go back to uh, throughout the game, and you have these cork boards with everything you've collected all right and that's kind of cool and you can go back and revisit areas and find hidden memories and all sorts so there's loads and loads to do uh, so you could strip out all the shooting and still have a pretty substantial mm. meaty experience mm. so like when you talk about sometimes memories kind of playing with things like mm. would, would some objects be large and some would be small and like uh, no nothing like that sort no. of like bits of scenery would sort of change so like you right. might you might turn around and it'll be like a, just an empty table there and you turn back and there's like stuff on the table mm. and on the floor and stuff. Oh, so there would be things on the table? Like would there be like small cars on the table racing around or anything? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, like, like, uh, like micro machines maybe. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my yes, God. like Micro yeah. Machines yeah. World Series Race exactly. Walker, which you've been playing. I have, yes, yes. Uh, I adored Micro Machines. <laughs> so as did a I. Young whippersnapper on the yeah. Mega Drive. I think, I, I think I owned. I think I owned the majority of my. I even owned the one which was the kind of the military one. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was like. Um, wasn't that the last one that they brought out on the Mega Drive? I there were four on the Mega Drive. There was. One, two, 96. Yeah. With the J cart. And um, military, yeah. And then they did one on PS1, I think, one on PS2. And then they did, uh, what's it called, Micromaniacs, do you remember that? Which oh, was God, like yeah, yeah. The running one. Yeah, that was not a good idea. It's just, I, I don't know, it, it, it didn't translate very well. No, like, it how does it play now in 2017? Uh, it plays great, I think. It's just not a very substantial game it's pretty short lived yeah. you get about 3-4 hours out of it and then forget it move really? on yeah so it's I such a shame like do you have any recollection of Micro Machines Alice the small cars the small cars yes yeah. <laughs> okay well yeah basically for those that don't know because Micro Machines you're talking 20 years ago plus uh, maybe well, yeah you were saying yeah. like 96, 97 yeah uh, yeah it was just effectively uh Kind of isometric view, small cars racing around. Well, it was proper top-down back in the day, wasn't That's it? That's true, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, racing around kind of uh, like a pond or a yeah, kitchen, kitchen table tables, or just things like that. Games where, rooms and things. Yeah, where everything yeah. else, or like a snooker table where the snooker yeah. balls are fucking huge yeah. because you're so small. Uh-huh. And like, it was... I don't, it, it was a novelty back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, is it... I, I don't know, does it... It's still... It's still fun to play it there's just no options there's no single player career or anything there's no sort of tournament not? mode nothing like that it's literally online or local multiplayer and that is it there's, there's, the no, ac- there's no single player not really not unless you just play against the eye again and, and again and again <laughs> over and over but yeah there's no like cops or no. tournaments or, uh-huh. career or anything i'd love it if they did a proper like detailed single player where you're a tiny man yeah <laughs> an actual <laughs> story yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And then yeah. there's like a tiny girlfriend who's like, you're spending too much time on the track. <laughs> there you I'm go, afraid see? you're never going to come home. That would have been perfect. If it had that, it would have been a brilliant game. But mm. it didn't. It's got no single player. So you play online, you level up, and leveling up is fucking so slow. Mm-hmm. Like I played for a good five, six hours, and I got to level 10. And there's an achievement in there for prestiging, which I think is level 50. And fuck that. I'm never, <laughs> I'm ne- I'm never going to do that. Forget it. Um, and then there's like ranked play, like that's seasonal, like Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And the next season's not for 90 days. So can't play that either. There's weekly special events, which I suppose are all right. But really, I mean, don't buy this game unless you've got three other mates who will sit down and play it with you locally. Because otherwise it's not really worth bothering with it. And Raw's tinted glasses? Like, is I mean, it- the nostalgia of the of pl- going back and playing it, they've got like the little eight, bit sorry 16 bit like portraits of the characters still in there and oh, stuff do they? so that's quite cool spider and yeah. walter and yeah they're all in there so that's cool um the ai, AI is actually really fucking hard as well actually yeah. really tough yeah jethro in particular jethro, he's yeah, the yeah, he's yeah, the yeah, one yeah, yeah. he's the killer yeah. he always wins um but there's brian blessed voiceover as well which is good so wait, do, Micro machines. So does yeah. he? Does, <laughs> does what? Does he just count down every race? Yeah. Like three, like, two, one. Yeah, he's he's okay. in there. Yeah, so that's a nice thing as well. But is, um, is that worth admission alone? Do you know what it might just be? <laughs> I mean, it's it's a budget game. It's twenty quid. If you did buy it, you wouldn't be overly gutted that mm-hmm. you spent twenty quid on it. It's fun for a bit, and if you can get a bunch of mates around to play it with you, all the better. But otherwise, maybe think twice yeah is what I'd say I have so. nothing uh, Alice you've been playing <laughs> Diablo 3 Rise of the Necromancer I believe it's called yeah so it's not um, a new kind of expansion in terms of like new levels and shit but it adds the Necromancer class the seventh class yeah, I want to say yes so yeah. he's a fan favourite class isn't he he massively is yeah, mm-hmm. everyone loves yeah you're going to have to Talk to me as if I know fuck all about Diablo 3. Tr- just try and imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Diablo 3 came out a while ago. Well, yeah, the, uh, like, I remember like, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah I remember the the uproar over the always online stuff, all right? Oh, yeah. Which was yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah. which was mental. But how, how does this character differ to the others? I mean, it's a necromancer, mate. I, like, <laughs> so <Quite> smartass. <laughs> well, I don't. So obviously, like the other classes, you've got like your kind of assassin type. You've got your, you know, magic user. You got your fighters, like you know, your monks and your paladins and mm. all that stuff. Necromancer is a kind of magic knight, I guess, uh, who raises the dead, mm. controls the dead, and so their kind of magic power comes from. The dead as well, kind of thing, um, and it is—it's a fan favorite for a reason. It's massively fun to play as. It feels kind of OP as well, right? Because <laughs> uh, you, like, once you get to like level ten and then like level fifteen and stuff, you start being able to do stuff like summon like just a ghost magician. Basically, you can summon as many as you want within your power. <laughs> And they, they don't last forever, like, they're, they're only around for, like, a few seconds, but they're really powerful, so you just summon loads of them and just stand there and go, off you go, base, off you go to work. <laughs> or, like, uh, an army of skeletons, so I just constantly have seven skeletons following me around. Perfect. Mm. Um, so it's a lot of fun, um, but it's, not, you know, like, 
it's not changing the game substantially. Mm. It's just fun being a necromancer, really. Mm. And you've got like kind of cool outfits and and like uh, I think the pack. If you get the pack, it comes with like some wings that you don't fly, but you just have big kind of skeletal wings that why flap not? occasionally. Yeah, That's kind of cool. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So it is. <laughs> It just feels really overpowered, so you can just be like, like, like you can make it corpses explode as well. Nice. So there's when you're playing as a necromancer, there's a lot going on on screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, are, are you are you going to play through the entirety of Diablo again as a necromancer? Do you think? I might do, yeah, because I'm blitzing through it right now. I mean, yeah. Do you just feel like a war machine? Like, yeah, can you kind just... of. Because because you're it's specced for intelligence as well, and I've got loads of high end gear. Mm-hmm. So it's just like off you go, skeletons. Off you go, you know. Or my, off you go, my undead army. I'll just stand at the back. <laughs> that sort of tempts me to kind of give it a go because I've always I've played Diablo three like at preview, but I've never really got into it. But mm-hmm. people love it, and they must love it for a reason, right? I've never. Yeah, I mean, I love it because you know. I like. It is a bit of this nostalgia for me because Diablo two was one of the games that I first ever played mm. when I was like ten or something. Wow. So I didn't properly play it. But, like, I vividly remember my brother teaching me how click to move works okay, and all oh, yeah. this kind of stuff using Diablo 2, an assassin in Diablo 2. Nice. So it does have a lot of that nostalgia for me because Diablo 3's got all the old, like, the same kind mm. of uh, soundscape, yeah. I guess. So, like, all it's got all the same sounds for, like, scrolls mm. and potions and stuff. So mm. Nostalgia's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, obviously, yeah, it's kind of... I suppose it's interesting because the can then in the way that the necromancer can like raise the dead and things like that, mm. the other characters can't do that, no? No. Right. Like, so they, they, they all have different skill sets. Right. So they can obviously with the necromancer you're kind of like I suppose you're um you're kinda of, you're you're using the dead to kind of do your bidding, whereas in something uh in something <laughs> like what remains of Edith Finch you're kind of you're exploring death. Oh, we're talking about that as well. Yeah. Okay. I played What Remains of Edith Finch nice. over the weekend. Okay. Because um, I hadn't played it and everyone's going on about it. I liked it. Yeah, I thought I've it was good. To, I've got to get round to that as well. Yeah, it was very... Uh, I think, like, the kind of the UI, the way that whole thing works is really good. Because, like, the dialogue has um, subtitles, but the subtitles sort of appear where you need to look next mm-hmm. a lot of the time, which is, okay. I it's thought, very really, clever, isn't really it? smart. It's going to guide you along yeah, the... Yeah. House. And um, uh, I thought the house was like really nice and interesting, and yeah. the stories were kind of like we were talking about earlier. Like some of the stories are really sad, but the right. you see them played out in a very kind of beautiful, mm-hmm. interesting way. There's one that's really there was one that was like I was like too real because <laughs> uh, there's one where like the character basically like this this woman is exploring her old family home, and everyone who lived there died, right. uh, and one of her brothers died, and he worked at um, a cannery where his job was just um, slicing the heads off fishes with Mm -hmm. an automatic guillotine thing and then throwing them in the fish bin, basically. Mm -hmm. And you do that movement, the, like, swipe fish across, swipe fish up. But at the same time as you're doing that, like, with the mouse, he is also creating this kind of fantasy world in his head, like, Mm -hmm. imagining it. And it gradually takes up more and more of the screen. So you're doing both... you're, You're both walking through this imaginary kind of kingdom... Yeah. And at the same time, still slicing the fish as well. Wow. So it's kind it's of, I suppose, brothers-esque. Yeah, that sounds like, weird. Like uh, brothers of Taylor, two sons where you're trying Doing to control. Doing two things at the same time. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think the interesting thing about uh, Edith Finch is that every time there was a new story, mm-hmm. like you're constantly kind of guessing what is it going to be? How are they yeah. going to change the mm-hmm. mechanics here? 
And I, like, it's just always really, really interesting. Even like some of the shorter ones, because they kind of vary in length. Yeah. Like it's probably, I don't know, three hours-ish? Yeah, it's not very long. I just, yeah, yeah, give or take. Uh, but like each each one is, like, yeah, even to kind of go into a lot of them is probably kind of giving away a lot of what he Finch has to offer. Okay. It's really... Like I mean, yeah, I thought it was fucking brilliant. Like, yeah, it really, just so really many took me. really interesting different ways of telling these stories. So, what, like, one of them is you're going like Edith finds some pictures, mm-hmm. and she's going through. I was brilliant. I love that photographs. One. So, like, your role in it is to take a photograph, and when you take one of the next thing, Edith will flick through the photographs, and you move on to oh, the next cool. part of the story. Okay. I think it's really cool. Huh. Wow, really cool. You were almost a jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly listen? Let's go bowling. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Rich Walker, mm-hmm. and you, Alice Bell, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, and then give me said answer. All right, okay, is yeah, everyone understood. everyone's clear? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Are you expecting me to interrupt them? <laughs> Clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 1995. 1995. Okay. Clue okay. number two. I have appeared in five games in my main series. Ooh. Okay. Clue number three. As well as the aforementioned five games, I've had a few spin-offs, such as a golf and a karting game. Oh, um... Ah. Clue number four. One of my spin-offs was so popular, it spawned a TV show that ran for three seasons. What? Huh? (laughs) And I would say fingers on the buzzers. Clue number five. The subject of that TV show, known as the Idiot Rabbits in French, are oh, even getting... Stop. Rich Walker. Was that me? Okay. I, th- uh, I, 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 I think it was. I mean, you could be a gentleman, but you know... That is fine. <laughs> Rayman. And this week's winner is Rich Walker. Woo! <laughs> that was close. <laughs> he spangs me every time. I'm sorry. It, uh, well, t- I mean... It's, yeah, well, I, I'll, go, I'll go through the clues. Yeah, first appearance video game, 1995. Really excellent Rayman, yeah. Mm. Uh, clue number two, five games in my main series, uh, which kind of, uh, I was like, is there only five in like 20 I suppose, years? yeah, one, like, two, three, and... And then um, Origins and yeah. Legends. Yeah. Uh, clue number three, I've had a few spin-offs. This was kind of a red herring. I was really hoping someone was going to say Mario, uh, yeah. such as a golf <laughs> and a karting game. Yeah. Golf? Uh, apparently so. Really? Yeah, I that, don't know. That's what well, put me, yeah. Wikipedia me never lies, Rich. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and one of my spin-offs is so popular, it's been a TV show that ran for three seasons. Which yeah, I didn't ra- know. I knew nothing about that. The Rabbids got a Nickelodeon cartoon oh, for three yeah, seasons. Oh, of course they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And obviously, yeah, the subject of the TV show known as the Idiot Rabbits in French are even getting a game with Super Mario now. Yeah, isn't it like Le Lapin Cretin? Cretin, <laughs> cretin Rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was a Cretin. Was this? Uh, yeah, it's Le, Le, Le Lapin cretin, cretin or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't have the like same that. kind of no. niceness as Raving Rabbits. No, it doesn't. It? No. Every Tuesday, we look for your questions on Twitter at VideoGamer.com and you delightfully send them in just like Ross McMahon, who asked, is there a game you like despite it being in a genre you normally hate? 
Because from <laughs> from for me, for me, I've had like there was one point where I wasn't overly keen on kind of army first person shooters. Okay. And then I played like Portal. Uh right. which kind of I don't know, which kind of almost introduced me to that genre properly. Like really? I, I wasn't a major fan of first person games and okay. that kind of like yeah just kind of that's a strange entry point isn't it that genre yeah <laughs> uh i i suppose though like i'm not a major fan of turn-based games strategy games in general yeah, same. but i love uh or loved xcom enemy unknown damn it you've stolen my answer <laughs> i was gonna no. say the same thing um i'll think something else <laughs> i liked so I, I don't really like car or racing games and stuff but i liked forza horizon Okay. Because it was an RPG, basically. Right. Yeah. A car PG. A car PG. Yeah. 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 So I could deal with that. I was fine. Just because of the, mm. the leveling up and yeah, and all that. Like, was an open world right. car PG. Did you ever play Burnout? No. Burnout Paradise. Oh yeah, you do like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there That's you good. go. Well, we go. Yeah. Um, Simon Dweck asks I'm 41 years old and have never played a Pokemon game should I bother and if so which game is a good entry point <sighs> any of them really yeah mm-hmm. I mean they're all kind of like I guess the most recent ones right because yeah. they've got the most up to date look and stuff it, like Pokemon is was it Sun and Moon the new one Sun and Moon yeah. yeah which is very good it was like it was the first game that I first Pokemon game I played since Red and Blue. Oh, wow. And, uh, the original like, originals. The original originals. Mm. So, like, I... Obviously, that's, like, a 20-year gap. Yeah. And the fundamentals stay the same. So, it's not, like... Pokemon isn't a series that you have to play at the very beginning. Yeah. You can, yeah, just jump into the current ones. And it's a okay. semi-tactical fighting RPG, I guess, but kind of all cute. <laughs> Will you be lost with the narrative, though? You'll be like, I don't know what's going yeah, on. I don't know. There were all these kind of yeah, little, little <laughs> nods to previous games. Yeah. Like, what's, who, who's Sarah and Ben? And what's <laughs> happening? Uh, Samantha Team asks, with the Crash remaster doing so well, do you think we will see a Spyro remaster? Ooh, that's a good I question. I mean, probably. Like, I... Sp- does Spyro <laughs> have the same... Who owns it, though? Spyro? Yeah, I don't even know who owns Spyro. Oh, Activision, obviously. Mm. So, maybe... I mean, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, right. right? Like, I, I have a terrible kind of feeling that this is going to be the start of shitloads of '90s games just being remastered. <laughs> Why a terrible feeling? It's a, a great feeling because it's stagnant and boring. <laughs> yeah, and and right. we could possibly get a Croc remaster, which is a frightening thought and for fucking everyone involved. Gex Gecko remaster. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> do all the shit. Uh, Michael asks, "What other platforms slash consoles would you like to see, a la SNES Mini?" I'd love a, gre- a Dreamcast Mini. That's, yeah, a uh, Mega Drive Mini. Although you can sort of play most is of the it, Mega Drive games already, can't this, you? This is my... N64 Mini. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be the next logical Like, step, I think right? something like that, yeah, because a Mega Drive Mini, because I think we got a couple of questions about, like, yeah, if, if you had a Mega Drive Mini, what, what games would you want? A lot of the Mega Drive games have already been released in recent yeah. years and on like do you remember the Sonic the, the Sonic Se- Sega Mega Sega Collection Mega Drive thing. Collection yeah. you had the Sonic Mega Collection yeah. Plus thing like a lot of these games had Comic Zone Vector Man yeah. um, fucking Toe Jam and Earl Not just Streets of Rage Golden Axe I just remembered you can pretty much get a Mega Drive Mini from Argos right now I think <laughs> 
effectively. It doesn't look like a Mega Drive, but right. it does basically the same thing. And has well has the old games yeah. on it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So forget that. You know what though? I just thought I'd only really want an N sixty four mini if it also had tiny cartridges. Yeah. I don't know why I'd want that, but it I, would feel essential to me that it had cartridges. That, I'm disappointed that the NES Mini and SNES Mini don't have tiny little cartridges. Oh, tiny ones, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. They, and you could be like, I'm a giant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and tiny little controllers that you can't use. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Drew Fox 81 asks, as cute as Nintendo's mini consoles are, wouldn't it be better if they put all those SNES and NES games on the Switch via a virtual console too? I mean, possibly. But yeah. would that make the money? Well, if they were competitively priced, I guess. Yeah. Like this... The but they haven't given a name yet, have they? Their PlayStation Plus slash games with gold, yeah. which I think we spoke about last week. I as well. did yeah. find, however, that like on the the Nintendo store when they had like virtual like the old Mario Kart stuff on the um, Wii U store, they were mm. really expensive. Very expensive. How much are we talking? Well, like I remember Super Mario, like Super Mario Kart, yeah, being I think it was it was somewhere between eight and ten. Like that's a lot for an mm, old game. Yeah, I. Mm, yeah, like, I which, which is eight, why like eight 80, is about right, but ten slow. Fuck me, like that's a, like yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know, like eighty pounds for twenty games, isn't it? Twenty one games. Twenty one yeah, games. Yeah. Like yeah, that is that's reasonable. When you can really break it down, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued to see what this because we. I think we've always said the the Netflix for games would be ideal for Nintendo more so than, like, the Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Um, I had a go with the Game Pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually. It, it, I mean, it was fine, but it, there was nothing I wanted to play. So I did <laughs> I did the very Netflix thing of, like, looking through all of it and then, and then sort of being, oh, I could kind of <laughs> play that, but then I'd have to download that. would take ages. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't play anything yet. Yes. <laughs> I'll see how next month is. Like. <laughs> uh, M. Nice asks, with Star Fox 2 coming out for the SNES Mini, what fabled slash mythical sequels should be released? Not Half-Life 3. Is there any kind of sequel... I would like Half-Life 3 to be released, so everyone fucking shut up about <laughs> it. And I want it to be shit as well. Because yeah. <laughs> there's... Well, yeah, it's what fabled slash mythical sequels should be released, but like, if we're talking about just fabled and mythical games, I would say This is Vegas. Which you remember that? Which oh, was yeah. which was Rockstar's uh like you probably fucking hell, how long are you going back? You're going back seven or eight years. Basically you could go to Vegas and start a load of shit, right? You could basically <laughs> become, yeah, kind of a mob yeah. boss. Yeah. Uh, kind of own your I think you could own casinos and shit, couldn't you? And yeah, like, that's a, yeah. I mean I don't know, it look, yeah. it look the idea of it looked quite mm. cool. Oh, the LA Noir thing. Um, um, Core uh, of the Orient. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What the hell happened to that? I mean, well, what's his name? Brendan. Yeah. Yeah. Mac- McNamara. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything. Skip. M- skip me. Ma- <laughs> Michael Current asks, and here's one for the the clever clogs in the room. What's your favourite book? So here, books are popular amongst the clever people. So uh, I know the two of you are very intelligent. Uh, yes, I <laughs> very much like A Clockwork Orange. I think that is an excellent book. I like... Um, so there's an author called Nick Harkway who I bought a book, one of his books for you, Colin Mahan. You did, Alice Byrne, yeah. I haven't read it, have you? I'm going <laughs> to read it. There you go. I will go uh, read it. So his book, uh, The Gone Away World, is very, very good. I really love it. Um, 
and uh, I Capture the Castle, which is Dodie Smith's uh, first book before 101 Dalmatians, mm. uh, which is also really, really, it's very nice and kind of right. lovely, but a bit kind of sad as well. Mm-hmm. And um, In Cold Blood by Truman Capote, which is the, it's one of the first sort of non-fiction fiction books. It's about the murder of a family in Kansas. I want to read that, actually. It's been on my list for a while, that. It's very good. It's had two films made. What do you mean, non-fiction fiction books? So it's about something that really happened, but... So basically, like, Truman Capote interviewed these two murderers in prison and then wrote up what happened as if he'd been there. So it's written... Oh, okay. It's written as, like, the omniscient narrator. Like, he chewed two aspirin, swallowed them, that kind of thing, even though Truman Capote wasn't there and couldn't have seen all that. Okay, yeah. There's just some very detailed interviews. It's very much the kind of based on a true story, Mm. which people always, whenever, like, those words appear in a film, people go, oh, right, it all happened, it's all true. It's like, no, it's based on a true story. Well, I mean, this is probably very accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways. I read a book in a... Sorry, go on, carry on. No, no, but it's very good. And, yeah, it had two films made about the kind of making of it, I guess. It's been ages since I probably got into a book, but I started reading one called The Sellout as well, which I'd recommend. It's very good satire. Mm. So there you yeah, go. There you go. I've just finished The Thrilling Adventures of Lovelace and Babbage, which is a <laughs> non-fiction fiction book that imagines if um, Ada Lovelace and Charles Babbage had built the first computer, the difference engine, or the analytical engine, and then solved crimes in two S- dimensions. Oh, fair enough. That's very good. <laughs> There's yeah. plenty of suggestions there for you, Michael. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Shoot magazine. Uh, <laughs> Dodzy asks, uh, how do how do the bonus podcasts work for people listening on iPhone slash the Apple Podcast app wanting to become a patron? Well, Dodzy, funny you should ask, and that genuinely wasn't a setup. Uh, y- all you have to do uh, to get the bonus podcast is become a VGBG, and you can listen to them. There are relevant links and RSS feeds and all that once you become uh, once you become a VGBG through patreon.com forward slash video gamer that's where you can get the extended edition of the video gamer podcast which we will be doing very shortly you get the extra the video gamer extra podcast as well which is out every Friday and you get your fortnightly Q&A's which myself and Alice will be doing this week where we'll be answering your questions which is always a fantastic time uh, of course, if you like the Video Gamer Podcast, we ask you to rate us on iTunes. Only five stars. That is all we That's all we want. Otherwise, we'll take it as a personal Otherwise slight. Otherwise, don't rate us. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter as well. I am at Conman underscore Hearn. Alice is at Baby Got Bell. Rich is at RichieWA2. I'm all over it, Rich. No yeah. more 8-1 Nailed anymore. It, Got it. Uh, and of course, Video Gamers on Twitter, at VideoGamer.com. And everywhere else, we are that as well. On Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. We are VideoGamer.com all over the place but for all of your video gamer needs just head to videogamer.com and now it's time for my least favourite part of the show this is the part of the show where we must bid the listener adieu so say goodbye Rich Walker goodbye say goodbye Alice Bell goodbye everyone and say goodbye Colm Ahern Sloan the Fall. <laughs> <laughs>